Well, we're really excited today. We have something uh, great, uh, something different. But listen, I want you to pay attention because you never know when the Holy Spirit is actually going to speak to you. He's going to something you're going to hear today is going to is going to strengthen you and help you. You never know through whom it's going to come or where. So, uh, just because it's different, don't close your heart that oh no, there's not a preaching, and so I can't hear from God. My brother-in-law and I were talking last night about how we experience God, and in all kinds of way, different ways. And uh, so I want to encourage you, be open to what the Spirit might be whispering to you, to teach you, to encourage you, and all of that today. We are talking parenting, and uh, so we've got some friends. These are congregation members uh, that you see and know. If you haven't, please make sure you get to meet them, and uh, we are very, very uh, appreciative of them. So here to my left, we've got Vanessa and Alexis, and this is Fariba. And Al and Joyce. So let's welcome them here this morning to summit. All right. So I'm just going to be uh, sort of a little mini host and get out of the way most of the time. So this is uh, really I'm really excited for what you're going to hear today. Uh, as we begin, begin, I just need to say this: <clears throat> we are not um, positioning or upholding them as absolutely perfect. You know. Uh, people, you'll hear in their stories, they're very open. So when we have people from our church share a testimony or do something like this, please understand, uh, we're there to hear, help them help you understand their journey. And while not perfect, the things they're learning and how God's using them and what God's actually even doing in their failures and all of that stuff. So we don't uphold them like that for those particular reasons, okay? So cut them grace. And can you imagine you being up there right now? <laughs> like, think about it, right? So I'm just so thankful for their willingness. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's courageous, actually. And so I want to say thank you to each of you for your willingness to do this. I think it's awesome. We believe in this church in a thing called, one of our values is authentic vulnerability in the process of life change and following Jesus. And I just want to just say that, that this, you're going to hear some of that today. And, and that we value it. And so, so uh, we're going to start on this side of the room, and I'm going to ask our first questions to uh, Vanessa and Alexis, and uh, they're going to be talking about parenting younger children. Then we're going to go to, Fariba's going to talk about parenting the middle teen years and, and young adults, and then we're going to go to Alan Joyce and talk about parenting adult children and grandparenting. And so there's going to be things that you're going to learn uh, through the process, and uh, if you don't fit into a nice little slot there, I just want to say, trust me, having gone through it in the first service, there are going to be things there you're going to be encouraged by, and we can all learn together, okay? So, without further ado, uh, let's, uh, let's start here with Alexis and Vanessa. And uh, here we go. Alexis and Vanessa, can you share with us what are some things that you have done in your journey uh, to help raise your kids in Christ-like character, you know, maybe some of the disciplines, some of the things that you've done to try to, you know, raise them as uh, followers of Christ and all of that, and some of the things in your family you've done and why. And so let's just talk about it. So I'll turn it over to you. 
thanks, Sherry. Just want to say it's really intimidating to be <laughs> up here. Um, like Jerry said, um, a lot of the days we don't have it together. We screw up, we have our good days and our bad days, just like everyone else, but the grace of God carries us through. Um, so thanks for hearing us out and sharing a little bit of what we try to do in our home. Um, so the first thing that we started doing from when our kids are seven and four right now, um, so when they're around two, we started having nightly, um, nighttime devotions with them, uh, kind of age-appropriate ones. And I mean, when they're really young, uh, you don't want anything long, you want it really short, because so, they have a poor attention span, just like really um, concise, because I think when they're really, really little toddlers, preschoolers, like you just want to get them into the word. You want to just start introducing them to um, biblical practices um, uh, so that they can apply it at home, in their playground, at, uh, in their schools. Um, but then as they're getting a little bit older, uh, now with my seven-year-old, uh, we've been trying to look at devotional materials that kind of, that they're interested in. So my older daughter, she's, uh, she's a big nerd. She's a bookworm, she loves reading, she loves like academics, and she's been really into science. So in the last year, I'm like, okay, I, I suck at science, it's not my avenue, so I looked at different science devotionals. So we went through the past year about like science and nature and God to kind of see what she was interested in. Um, and then more recently, we've been working on some character building devotionals. Uh, and it's been a really good opportunity to have some open conversations with her about things she's struggling with, mm. like sibling rivalry, like fighting and not being, not having a lot of peace at home, that sort of thing. Um, and how the Holy Spirit bit by bit can just change us slowly through that. Um, and then I think in the last few months, we've started to um, introduce this new practice as well, where uh, just with my older one, like maybe once or twice a week, um, after the devotions are done, they're almost ready for bed and it's distraction free. One-on-one, uh, -on -one, I would just ask her, "Hey, do you want anything you want? Do you have anything you want to ask me or talk to me about?" Just really open-ended. And sometimes, you know, we've just finished devotions. She might ask a follow-up question about faith or some theology that she doesn't understand, or she's been really interested in like my childhood. So she'd ask me things like, "Oh, what was life like when you were in grade two? And <laughs> it's hard to remember those uh, memories, but. Um, and, and sometimes, of course, like silly stuff, like your favorite color, or your favorite animal, or, or whatnot. And sometimes she just doesn't have anything, and that's fine, too. But the goal is more for us to just foster and create a space mm. for her, even really young, where she can just talk to us, open-ended, like, and, and, and uh, build that uh, relationship of love and trust. So hopefully, when she is older, like hitting those teen <laughs> years, that she'll feel more comfortable um, initiating and talking to us about what she's struggling with. Yeah. I'll go off the cuff and, and say to like, I think we had a really good conversation even with her just like uh, a week, was it a week ago? I think there was, there was actually one devotional that she blatantly was like, I disagree with the materials here. Like, it's not possible yeah, to be uh, a peacemaker with your sibling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was, a really good, it was a really good chance to, like, talk through <clears throat> and work through it and see that, you know, she was also trying to both come to grips with what she was learning. It wasn't just, like, in one year, out the other, either. Um, so that was really encouraging. 
Um, and kind of piggybacking on the devotional part, I think, yeah, overall, you know, they're, with a, with a four and seven-year-old, they're at that age where you're trying to work on reading at home, and we've been trying to, you know, mix the whole, uh, like, learning to read with also uh, bringing in books that also cover biblical content that we can reinforce biblical lessons with them at the same time. Um, uh, <clears throat> like, we, we regularly go through, we have a variety of different books that um, kind of, you know, talk through Bible stories in different ways. Uh, it's been popular to do like Veggie Tales types of books. We've got some different, um, you know, kids' Bibles of different varieties. Um, a recent thing as well was um, uh, our kids got into Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, Vanessa found this kid's version of the Pilgrim's Progress that's been really good. Um, I remember reading Pilgrim's Progress as a teen and it's pretty dry when you're trying to go through the really old, old English, it's, it's not even like Shakespearean English, it's, I can't remember, it's some other English that's really hard to, to read. Um, but, you know, the Kids Pilgrim Progress was great. It distilled it down into very straightforward uh, chapters for the kids, it's got great artwork. And uh, one thing I think um, the kids really liked is in, in addition to it being kind of engaging in a way for them, um, each chapter comes with like reflection questions. Mm -hmm. So that as you read through a chapter at a time, there's like some discussion to be had with each chapter, and they've even been really good discussion questions for ourselves to reflect on as in terms of like what the different parts of the journey is like. Um, and overall, yeah, I, again, it's, it's been great to kind of incorporate trying to work on reading with them, and at the same time, using that as a chance to talk about our faith and our walk and what it is to follow Jesus and, and what the Bible's about. Um, and yeah, overall, I'd say, yeah, we've been very blessed too that our grandparents have been invested in this front They've given us lots of different books and materials as well to supplement sometimes things we didn't even find ourselves. So, yeah. yeah. Um, another thing that we've been working on recently is, um, I know the first service had like the younger families and I don't see them here today, but you may recall when you were younger where you're, you're about to have a meal, dinner, and you're like, okay, it's time to pray. So the kids will quickly say, thank you, Jesus, for the food. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Like really quick five second prayer and it's like in one ear, out the other, and then they're hangry, they just wanna get at dinner, right? So, and honestly, a lot of the times that is how it is at our house, but we've been trying to slowly work on um, kind of drawing out prayer so that it's less routine and memorized and scripted and it's more um, <clears throat> authentic and real for them. So lately we would say like, okay, kids, like how about each of you say three things you're thankful to God for? Or, um, or like three or four things that you want to praise God about, like attributes of God. And they're all like, oh, he's powerful. And they love that aspect of God. And it's, it's kind of neat, the, the characteristics that kids would draw out. Because mm -hmm. it tends to be a little bit different than us as adults, too. Um, and then uh, it's been a learning opportunity as well. Because uh, especially when they're young, kids can be so me-centric focused, especially even in prayer too. So giving them an opportunity to pray for our, the needs of people around us, like friends from school that were sick and didn't show up to class, or needs in our extended family, or even things that us as a family um, we're going through and we're struggling with to kind of um, encourage them to think outwardly as well. Um, so so yeah. it's, yeah. I think that, that pretty much just ties into, um, I think, what's kind of been our overall approach, which is really trying to be living Christians. Um, you know, first and foremost, you know, we recognize that we're human, we're sinners, and um, 
there's lots we can't do without God. There's, there's lots of days that it's, it's like very hard to be parents without God. And uh, so first just, you know, investing in our faith and, and um, you know, working on ourselves <clears throat> and our walk is, is important to us just because we need, we, re- we recognize we need God daily in, um, in, how we do, in how we interact with our kids and how we raise them. And um, we just can't do it alone. We need his wisdom. We need um, abundances of his, his grace and patience in, um, in working with them. Um, and, you know, I think that, that very much ties into as well um, us knowing and seeing that our kids can't, you know, make their own faith living if, um, if they don't see us doing that in the same way. And, um, yeah, so we very much try to be, uh, you know, open about what's going on, talk about struggles that are happening. And, and as Vanessa was saying, like, encourage praying, um, you know, for not only ourselves, but things that are happening around us. You know, we, we talked to them a lot about what was happening with the barn. Uh, earlier in the fall, we were, our life group was trying to go through a life group multiplication. We were kind of talking uh, through that with them and, and, and praying with them about that. Uh, but as well, you know, using prayer too for times to, to celebrate and be thankful so that we can encourage that uh, aspect of their lives. Um, and, um, and yeah, sometimes too, when we, when we learn new things coming out of our own devotionals or random podcasts we're listening to, we share that with them. Um, and I think the, the kind of the last one to me about living out our faith with them is asking for forgiveness. That is a, that is a, really, that is a really hard one to, to do. And um, yeah, there are many days um, I don't. <laughs> there are days I don't. And, um, but it's a, it's a, I think um, teaching that uh, you know, is, is important to them. Um, so that they can see, you know, um, yeah, we all, we're all human. We're all sinners. We all need to ask for forgiveness, and we all need God's grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and just one final thing to add. Uh, I'm really, really thankful for um, being able to be raised in a Christian home. And my parents are here in the corner. <laughs> but uh, they, I'm really thankful because right from a really early age, like they made a decision, you know, to have worship music or kids worship music in the background. Like whether it's like long road trips, we'd be listening to stuff. And decades later now, like I remember those lyrics now, like Bible verses and hymns and worship songs. And it's, it's so impactful, like, you know, years and years later. So now as a parent now on the journey, um, I try to do the same thing, like listening to at home or in the car or on the go. And honestly, sometimes, you know, I say it's Saturday morning, we're having breakfast. Okay, kids, what do you want to listen to? And they might say, oh, Encanto or Disney or something. But on the days where they're like, you know what? I want to listen to my favorite camp song from uh, in church summer camp this weekend or whatever and when they say that like my heart just rejoices because slowly but surely they're they're um, building up that heart of worship from an early age that's been impactful for me and I hope those words of praise and um, and encouragements uh, last with them throughout their lifetime as well Mm. yeah that's good stuff you know, God inhabits the mm-hmm. praise of his people, right? And so there's something that takes place when the home is filled with music and worship that's uh, amazing. Um, it's, uh, it's hard. You know, we had uh, 
three kids in three years. And so you know what that was like in our home. It was just a lot of action and activity, tiredness. Uh, and then the areas that sometimes I felt very com competent in my craft in ministry and uh, even to some degree in marriage. But when it came to parenting, it was probably the one area where I felt the most, I guess, out of control, if you will. I didn't. And especially as we start moving to the teen years, what sustained you? Is there a particular verse that was meaningful to anchor you or to help you in your journey with your young kids? Mm. Yeah, I think um, one verse that, uh, you know, I think I, I really like is from Galatians 5, that, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Mm. Um, I find that these are very much kind of fruits and, and character traits we we, we, we often circle back to with our kids, uh, you know, particularly as we're trying to um, talk to them about, okay, what kind, of, what kind of people is God calling us to be? We, we come back to a passage like this and try to emphasize those elements. Um, same goes, too, for times when, um, you know, we, we need to discipline them. And, uh, you know, we, we want to talk, we, we circle back to these. It's so like, okay, what are these, what are the things that we are, what are the opposite of these things that we're doing here that we shouldn't be? Um, and overall, like, I think too, it, it's, it's been a good reminder for ourselves about kind of the, the areas we need to work on in our own lives, um, because these are definitely elements that, that we need as parents, uh, you know, words that stick out to me in this verse in particular, like the patience, the gentleness, um, the self-control, those elements, you know, cause like, yeah, as I was saying before, we're, we're human. There are those days where we're really tired. And um, I'm like, you know, today's a great day if you could just go play on your own while I'm going to just lie here on the couch and look at my phone and check out what's going on with my hockey team. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's those days where, yeah, um, I need to also be reminded about this, that I need to seek God out for these, these elements so that, um, so that we, can, we can parent. And then lastly, um, we have Philippians 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, like at the end of the day, like their journey with young kids, it is just so grueling. It's exhausting. Um, you really quickly find out so many character flaws you have in yourself because uh, the kids just aggravate you. Um, and we, we need Jesus. Like there's no other way to say like every single day we need Jesus like for patience, gentleness, self-control, a lot of things that we're working on. Um, and at the same time, it's been encouraging to share with that with the kids too, you know, when we're um, training them or disciplining them. And a lot of times say, but mommy, it's just so hard. I can't forgive my sister. Like, I, like she deserves it, you know, whatever. And you're like, okay, well, um, it's true. You can't do it by yourself. Just like mm -hmm. I can't grow more patient just on my own strength alone and that we absolutely need Christ every single day to strengthen us because um, you know they'll learn it everywhere on TV at school the world will tell you you know what you can be anything you can do anything if you just try harder yourself um, but that's an opposite to the gospel message where you can't try harder you need Christ to be um, God's strength to grow and change and be internally transformed day by day and renewed. So um, I'm just so thankful that God's with us on our 
imperfect uh, parenting journey, uh, just empowering us to try to love them uh, the way he loves us. Mm. <coughs> One of the things that I want to encourage you with as uh, parents is that uh, you, your children are windows to your soul. And you, what you are experiencing in your parenting journey is if you embrace it as, you know, sort of present brokenness and invite Jesus in to, uh, th those are invitations from Jesus as to what your next step in your own character development, your own faith journey, what needs refining within you. And if you're so focused on, you know, with your kids, but if you don't see that what it's evoking in you is often so much the invitation of Christ himself to show you what your next steps are, and where you need to grow to. So I really appreciate that, and uh, just uh, I'm excited for some of the things, that, especially the creating of the space where they are gonna learn that they can always talk to you about anything. And I think that's, that's huge. <clears throat> now, Freeva, I'm just really looking forward to your story about, you know, you bring a dynamic of, um, you know, coming to this country, also parenting in the midst, and then, and then, coming to faith later on during your parenting journey and all of that. How did your parenting change and what lessons have you learned from good or ill uh, in your parenting journey through from younger to older children? That's, uh, I just wanna let you to share your story. Yes, and uh, I wanna start by saying obviously, uh, I definitely don't think that I, I've done it right. I made a lot of mistakes and I continue to make mistakes, but. You know, there's always growth when you understand your mistake. Like, I was listening to you, and I thought that if I knew some of these things before, how would that have shaped my parenting differently? Mm -hmm. Because as you, some of you know me, um, I came to Christ like 10, 11 years ago, so majority of my parenting at early ages of my girls' lives uh, happened before I came to know Christ. And I learned a lot of things from my own parents. I was thinking about this uh, uh, for the past week, and I'm, I was thinking like, oh, see, I do this stuff, and I've done this, and I still am struggling uh, to set free from some of the patterns I've learned from my own uh, mom and dad. And my dad passed away, but my mom still lives, and I, uh, I just can uh, say that if uh, Worrying was was a spectrum. My parents were at the opposite end of it. My mom was in the worry all the time zone, and uh, if you don't know the condition that we lived in, that might be like you know, oh, like why? Why would they do that? But honestly, when we were uh, growing up, it was like that. We just didn't know like what's gonna happen tomorrow. Things uh, were changing. Uh, today, like, you know, you, uh, you go to market and you can find chicken. Tomorrow you might not find it again. And it continues to be like that, unfortunately. But um, my mom was worried all the time. And as a young girl growing up, I looked up to her. And sometimes I even uh, talk to my daughters and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, like, I did this because that's what I learned from my mom. I learned to uh, book doctor's appointment. Uh, cook meals and you know clean the house and do stuff like that and I tried to do those and back then I didn't have Christ in my life and as for my dad uh, he was kind of on the, up, on the other side of that spectrum he was more relaxed and uh, uh, honestly I didn't have a relationship with my dad 
because uh, I was always afraid of him. He was the father, we all had to be quiet when he was at home. So there was a lot of respect. I, of course, I loved him too, but in a different way. So uh, as I was listening to you two, I was thinking how important it is to have the father play an important active role in bringing up uh, children. And that's uh, definitely something important. And I hope that for my uh, grandchildren, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And um, But my dad had this uh, famous saying, every time there was a crisis, and there were so many of them. Like most Iranians uh, faced a lot of different problems, but for us especially, it was a lot of them. He would always say, we will do something. Something will come up. And then we were like, what is that something? When is that something going to happen? But and I, as I grew older, and uh, in my uh, uh, walking with Christ, I guess, like, you know, uh, it came to light to me that there was some wisdom in what he said. And uh, he was basically inviting us to be reminded that <coughs> we really cannot control our circumstances. We can do what we could today, but then for tomorrow, we just have to rely on God. And uh, during um, my girls' uh, teenage years and later even in university, what I, uh, what I learned and how uh, that changed from me worrying constantly for my daughters, especially after my conversion and receiving the Holy Spirit, somehow I just feel that I was walking in dark, not realizing that worrying and all those things. What did it do for me and my children? Nothing. But uh, gradually, I think, uh, in, uh, as I came to church and as I was reading the Bible and praying in my quiet times, I just started to hear God's voice telling me, well, this really didn't work last time. Remember, you've done this 10 times already. It doesn't work. So just keep praying. And in my situation especially, uh, uh, problems and uh, crisis played a big role because my girls were watching. And I remember when uh, Ida was baptized recently, two years ago, she did mention that in her testimony that uh, she was looking at me and she's like, I don't understand, how can she live? Like all this stuff that's been happening back home with my mom's sickness and my husband lost uh, his eyesight. And there were so many things, but then uh, I knew in my heart that they are watching me. And oftentimes, especially in that age, they're now wiser and um, they look at you and they're like, okay, let me see if this faith is just about having a religion. Now she, instead of going to mosque, she wants to do this thing, she wants to go to church. Or is this something that's gonna work for us as a family in practical ways? So um, it did work. And prayers uh, are very important because I think uh, maybe couple of times, maybe even 10 times, they might associate uh, answer prayers with uh, luck or coincidence. But then after a while, they're like, no, they pray, she prays, and things happen, mm -hmm. even small things. Mm -hmm. But then I just want to mention this, do I have a lot of notes here? But uh, I want to mention this, that I stopped comparing my children, even in salvation, because they receive salvation. Now I'm thinking, are they really saved? Like, how much time do they spend at the church? Are they really growing in their faith? But God always reminds me, and I have this written in my Bible, a God voice for forever. I learned that from Jerry a while ago. God <laughs> voice. 
at Fariba, I have opened their eyes, and I have saved them, not the way you want to see, not according to your timing, but they are in my heart, and they are going to be saved. Just hang in there. And even after Ida was baptized, I keep going back to that uh, note, and I remind myself that, you know, even in their journey onward from here, they just, Ida just became a Christian. So I cannot compare her with even a five years old boy or girl who was born in a Christian household. She's starting a journey on her own, and God is gracious. God knows, and he receives us where we are with what we need. So, yeah, I guess praying and uh, living your faith, like you mentioned, too, and uh, just not worrying, that is very helpful. That's so good, and uh, you know the comparison games just really—those are challenges, right? Uh, comparing them to their siblings or to other mm -hmm. other kids. What comparison just—it does something deep within <coughs> the child. It either breeds arrogance or it it shatters them and feels they can never measure up. So appreciating them for their journey and where they're on is very very important, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Freeva, I was thinking about how have your kids transformed your personal relationship with Jesus? Oh, yeah. it's uh, When you become a parent, first of all, I want to mention this because I uh, don't, don't think that you have to give birth to a child uh, in order to experience uh, parenthood. I have friends and my own sister. She never had children. She might not ever have children, but... I see this love and care in them and how they take care of our uh, nieces, nephews. And uh, so I think that's something for all of us uh, that we can learn from children. And uh, when I think about this question, I um, quickly was reminded of uh, that verse in the book of Matthew uh, where the uh, Lord says, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And to me, I know uh, heaven for me starts here. When I became a Christian, they kept saying, like, you know, heaven, heaven. I just felt that I really don't want to think about afterlife, but how is this going to impact me in this world? And having that peace, being able to make good decisions, because I've made pretty bad decisions. I was an enabler as a parent, but I learned from my girls. Sometimes they would just tell me straight, Mom, you are an enabling parent. And I mentioned this to that. I had to look that up the first time. Like, what does that mean? What am I doing wrong? But now I realize that uh, that basically means that I'm putting my, uh, this, uh, my responsibility on their shoulder, wanting them to decide. But sometimes we shouldn't be doing that. And I definitely should stop doing that. But um, what I learned in general was uh, being a child and when I tell my girls something, they come and ask me something. I would, uh, I would compare that to us praying to Lord Jesus. They come and say, oh, mom, would you please make lasagna for family day dinner? And then I say yes. My yes is yes. They won't doubt me. They won't go to ask the neighbor or someone else or, like, you know, always worry. They, they know mom is going to make it. And if I don't make it, I will make it the following week. Maybe something happened. So I think I learned, uh, I even grow more in my uh, prayer time with God. I really thought that there is something in this that if I listen, I read the Bible and I listen carefully, 
God speaks to me and I'm able to uh, depend on him. There is one more thing that I actually also learned this from my mom too. She always uh, prayed, even continues to pray that we are children to be content and be happy with little things of life. Because when you, um, when you grow in your uh, material possessions, it's, um, it's easy to kind of take things for granted. I wasn't brought up like that. And sometimes, like, you know, because now I'm working and everything, I might step away from it, but I quickly remind myself that, no, I need to be happy. Today, the Lord, I, I always say that today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it because I might not have the tomorrow. And I've gone through this several times in my life. So I also learned that from my children. Mm. Well, then there's these things called grandchildren. <laughs> and uh, I keep saying, i got to get me some of them. Uh, and uh, not quite there yet, but uh, Alan Joyce, you uh, have obviously, you got, uh, I know two children that are amazing kids. And now you've got grandchildren. And uh, I just kind of like to ask you this question as I think about that, because you know many in this room in particular are starting to enter into that sort of phase, if you will, where you know we're not quite as young as we used to be. And uh, how would you describe? Let me just reflect back first of all. What was one of the best, some of the best things you did uh, for your family and kids growing up? And what was? Do you feel like you'd like to impart some wisdom, having gone through? Uh, some of that to us. How would you describe the best thing that you did for your family? Maybe one key thing that was like really most important to you. We had, we've had a few answers for that. Um, to be a grandparent is indeed a blessing. It's, it's so wonderful. It's different from uh, having your own kids. There's, it's, more, um, it's more relaxing. It's uh, more enjoyable it's <coughs> because you let your you let your kids do the parenting we're, we're not um, we're enjoying them <laughs> so but um, there are things that are important to us um, for example modeling my relationship with God to my kids and grandchildren hmm. um, both Al and I were blessed to have grown up in Christian homes and we had good examples to imitate and uh, one of the best things I did before we had kids and even before I got married was when I was younger, I gave my life to Jesus. And so um, God has modeled for us how to be loving parents. Um, well, we try to uh, demonstrate our faith in action by um, praying, doing devotions, reading our Bible, saying grace, uh, going to church, and helping those in need, volunteering our time, and giving money to church and community, uh, making visits or meals for wherever they are needed, uh, spending time in a Bible study group, um, and growing, going on a mission trip. I know our kids uh, and our grandchildren are watching me, and uh, are watching us, and we try to set a good example. And another thing I would say is key is prayer. 
Um, I've, we pray for our kids, our grandkids, and I've asked family and friends to pray for them at times. I've, um, I've asked our life group to pray. Uh, when our kids were younger, and even now, I have been blessed to be surrounded with a group of friends who are believers and have kids that are the same age, or grandkids the same age as mine, and we have similar values and close relationships. But uh, the, the one most important thing is love. Um, no matter what. We show them kindness, love, patience, and acceptance. No matter how they behave or what they say, uh, love them, we delight in them, and we accept them as they are. Uh, we encourage them, and we discipline and love. I'll give an example. Uh, the school phone's up. Sarah's been caught smoking. Come pick her up. I picked her up, took her out for french fries to uh, have a little discussion. You know, discipline and love. Don't uh, fly off the handle. Um, even if they run into trouble, always tell them that you can always come home, no matter what. Mm. Um, we'll discuss the issues that you have after when you come home. We want you home safe. Um, we had that situation where Sarah had been away for six years and uh, not in a good situation. And probably the, one of the best days of my life was when she was at the door and said, I'm back. Loving our family also meant um, to spend time together at mealtimes. Um, mm -hmm. That really builds up relationships. Uh, we would attend church together, get involved, have our kids participate in the ministries that are available to help them grow their faith. Mm -hmm. And reading bedtime stories and devotions and reading books with our kids at, in the evening just uh, meant the world to me. Praying together, especially before bed, I remember some of the best conversations I had with our kids would be um, tucking them into bed and just praying with them, uh, just talking to the Lord. The odd time uh, I tried skipping pages when I was reading stories to the kids. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they would catch you, you know? No, no, no. Back up. <laughs> um, loving our family also meant that... Uh, Oh, this is how we intentionally cultivated love in our household. Uh, we would go to the cottage for summer holidays, which uh, meant really a lot to us. Uh, playing games with the kids or the grandkids, helping others, whether it's uh, shoveling snow from a driveway or offering to babysit for free. Um, and we always encouraged our children to volunteer at church wherever they could. Doing these things together kept us connected, and uh, love is the greatest thing. Now, how does parenting or being involved in grandchildren discipling them different from when you were discipling your own kids? I know you've touched on some of that, but is there anything else you want to add to, 
to that? Um, well, uh, over the years, I've changed. So um, mm. I've learned to rely more on the Holy Spirit for wisdom, guidance, um, the words to speak. And it's, it's just so reassuring knowing that I don't have to do that on my own. Mm. And um, as we've grown as parents and grandparents, we're more flexible, um, adaptable, we're teachable, we're still learning as we go along. <laughs> I've become a better listener, and um, my, as my faith has matured, I've got more patience. Mm -hmm. uh, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 are, is our wedding text. And it goes, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. These verses have always encouraged us, reminding us to always seek God's guidance for every area in our life, trusting in him in uh, all circumstances. And, and the beautiful uh, thing now about my stage in life is I have more time to give of myself to my kids, my grandkids especially, and I'm not resentful of um, not having time for myself. When you're younger, it's just, you know, I, I wanted to do things too. I had hobbies, I had interests, and but so much time is <coughs> focused on, on your kids, but grandkids are different. You can give them undivided attention. <laughs> and we're always on call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what, if I can, I'll, I'll never say, no, I'm too busy, when I'm not really no. not. No. If I'm available, it doesn't matter. We are available. Mm -hmm. And we don't have the same pressures. And so our priorities have shifted. Uh, responsibilities aren't mm -hmm. the same. And this gives us opportunity to love in a new way. Now I'm just going to throw a bit of a curve here. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? In anything, just something, you, one thing, one of the last, last shot at us. What would you say to us? Anything that stands out besides some of the rich things Robbie shared with us? I think maybe I did mention this, but I just want to say it again, that we need to meet our children where they are, not where we want them to be. Interesting. Yeah. We trust the Holy Spirit, the Lord, and uh, pray with courage, mm -hmm. I would say. I was reminded of that day when uh, someone came to Jesus and said, you know, uh, please clean, uh, cleanse my son from this evil spirit. And then he said, if you can, and Lord said, if I can, everything is possible mm -hmm. for whom who believes. That really encourages me because I know what our children's salvation is so close to God's heart. <coughs> he wants it. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't have to be shy. I don't have to <coughs> say, please, if you can. I know he will do it. I already even <coughs> thank him for what he's about to do. Uh, and then having that courage and praying. Praying more. Proverbs um, says, your children's children are a crown to the aged. Mm. And I, I felt that uh, 
very special. Mm-hmm. I think especially, um, especially when you're new at it, first time parents, um, there's a lot of guilt. Uh, there's a lot of guilt that you're not doing it properly or you blew up at your kid again, again and again, or you know you wanna do better but you can't, but I just wanna encourage you saying, you know what, the blood of Christ washes all over that and we can be free from the shackle of guilt mm-hmm. on the parenting journey, no matter what stage you're at. Guilt that you're not the best grandparent or mm-hmm. guilt about how your kids have turned out or guilt you know, mm-hmm. when they're young, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that has no place in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. It's huge, it's huge. You think of God himself created Adam and Eve, <clears throat> perfect environment, no sin and yet they chose to rebel against him. Think about that. Uh, I know my parents went through a lot of challenges as a church leader and had a son that went AWOL for 28 years. Uh, Not me, just you. (laughs) I was, uh, I played the hypocrite game, tried to play uh, both feet in both worlds, but Daryl had the integrity to just say, you know, and (laughs) And he went and, uh, you know, for 26 years, 27 years, they prayed hard for him. And uh, I shared this journey before with you that we woke up one day and the window was open in our bedroom and Daryl was gone. Not a single word for eight months. Just gone. Eight months later, RCMP called from Calgary. They picked him up delivered him back home, began a journey that was very, very painful for a lot, a lot of years. And uh, you just never know. There's no guarantee, necessarily. However, uh, you said something really, really important, Farida, and that is, you know, what, who are they to become? Where are they now? And what is one step we can begin to pray for for that child in that direction, right? And begin to pray for it. My parents prayed many, many years, 20 some odd years for Daryl. I'll never forget the story where he came to Christ. I had the privilege of baptizing him. And to see him then turn, even with all of the consequences of all of that hard living, HIV from needle sharing, just a disastrous story. But before he died from hepatitis B and other things, uh, he became the chaplain of the Gospel Mission for Men in Kelowna, BC. He earned two degrees in social work, and he gave his life and would go down to Granville Avenue in Vancouver, feeding people and sharing Christ. You never know, uh, but you can't give up praying. If my parents were alive, they would stand up here and they say, never, never, never quit praying. Believe me. A couple of thoughts before we share some, I mean, we hear this, your kids, your parents, you are the single biggest spiritual influence in your kids. Which is an incredible privilege and sometimes utterly terrifying. But you are the biggest spiritual influence in their lives. There comes a time and it's different for every kid, but actually when they suddenly, they veer off on another track, 
and other people are having more influence in their life than you. What do you do in that time? Well, I got some great advice from one of the previous uh, presidents of our denomination who had a number of children go AWOL. And Arnold said to me, he said, Jerry, for each of your children, find something of interest that you can connect with them when they don't see eye to eye with faith and stay connected relationally, using that as the thing that brings you together through that time until they come back, either relationally and hopefully spiritually. And so, you know, I've seen that with, you know, Dylan and I, you know, music has been a gig and, uh, and his dog. Uh, my son with sports, Caleb, always been sports and stuff. And then with Amanda, we, you know, f there's stuff around food that we just love to do together. So what is it in each of your children that you can connect with during that time? Um, another thing I would share is a wonderful verse. You can't have a thing on parenting without this verse, and that's Psalm 20, or Proverbs 22, verse 6. You know, train up your children in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. There's two wonderful things about this. One of them, as we've heard today, the faith is an awful lot. Yes, it's taught, but a lot is caught. Mm -hmm. right? They see you. Train up a child in the way they should go. He's talking about your faith and the values that you've got. Even right now, when I've got a couple of kids who are just not following passionately with Jesus right now, but they, the values they know, they know them. They know in their hearts. I even see them living some of those values out, although they wouldn't attribute it and not having their butts in church right now. But there's another dynamic, and you just trust that when they get older, they, they will not depart. That, you know, I've seen it happen with my brother. I've seen it, and I've watched it with one of my children, and I believe it for all of them, that they, there may, there'll be a day they'll return. There's another aspect to that, though, and in the Hebrew it talks about, you know, in the way they should go, it literally means according to their bent. Now, what this is talking about, another aspect to this is that they have natural aptitudes and skills. And that when you see those and identify them young in their age, you should do whatever you can, raise them up in that. Amanda always had a heart for people to help them and had incredibly, she would give all the time. And we would help foster that kind of stuff in her and now she's a registered psychotherapist in the province of Ontario helping people. Caleb was always a wheeler dealer in business. At three, he's making deals with his kids and he always came out on the profit side. He did that all the way through. I mean, we went to a, a Raptors game one night, and it, it was Drake nights. We had all these Drake t-shirts. So he takes mom's shirt and his shirts, and as we're leaving, he ran out, and he came back to us, met us on the way out. And here he had this really nice long sleeve shirt from the Raptors. And he said, what'd you do? I pulled two trades in with these ways from this guy who's selling shirts, and he actually gave it to him and made a swap. So he's just always been a business guy. He's in business right now and loving it. Dylan was creative. Always, mom would help. She'd see that, and we would try to artist, you know, help that in her art side, and with painting, video, and things like that. And you know, he's a videographer for bands, and he's doing album covers, and he's kind of liking that. What is, what is the bent you see in your kids and their aptitudes and skills? Train them up in that. So it's 
Yes, spiritually, absolutely. But also there's another application to that that I think is really important. So, uh, friends, uh, your, your kids need you. There's obviously they need you. And uh, you, they are catching from you. They're learning about the nature of God. And they're learning about the walk of faith as they see you. So I really encourage you. Honesty and integrity. I loved how you said about asking forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I think that's so, so important. Um, um, I've done it often to my children. And uh, it's, it's very helpful. I just want to say thank you. Uh, the idea for this is to cultivate conversations, to realize you're not alone. As you've heard things, you go, man, we struggle with that too. And it takes a community to raise kids. Anyway, and uh, so let's just say a big thanks to our panel today. <laughs> Appreciate your authentic vulnerability and, and your joy. Uh, I would love to bless you uh, today. Would you stand together? And uh, the words of the blessing today, coming, think about the context of parenting, grandparenting, and all family dynamics. And I want to bless you and, and speak over you the wonderful words uh, from Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2 and 3. And it is really, you know, uh, it's a truth of what happened where the Spirit of God rested on the humanity of Jesus, but I think there's great application for you. Now, may the spirit of knowledge and wisdom, the spirit of understanding and counsel, the spirit of strength and the fear of the Lord rest on you, so that the decisions you make would not be based only on what your eyes see and your ears hear, but with righteousness and with justice, you would lead your family. (coughs) In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you, friends.